Come on. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. The strong, the powerful Is Moreira is here on Lifeblood Create. Welcome, Is. That was a perfect pronunciation of my last name. Love it. Thank you for having me, George. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to have you on. Is is the co-founder and co-CEO of Dope. They are an edible cookie dough company making the world a little bit sweeter. They've been featured on Shark Tank and have enjoyed uh, consistent and successful growth. Excited to have you on. Is tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, for sure. It's a pleasure to be here, like I said. Uh, yeah, I'm currently co-CEO of Dope Cookie Dough. We're on a mission to make the world a little sweeter. We started the company as a brick-and-mortar-based company, but 2020 was a very pivoting moment for us. So now we're e-commerce-based, shipping to all 50 states of the country, um, and also going into retail this year. Um, as to why I do what I do, that's a great question. Um, my life was always based on building stuff and trying to problem solve. I come from a civil engineering background. I was born and raised in Brazil, uh, studied civil engineering there, got a bachelor's degree, started my career as a consultant for Deloitte, and then got into civil engineering for sure, like into construction and whatnot, and uh, got up the chain as a project manager. And in 2017, I was managing the Four Seasons Hotel Construction in Sao Paulo. So I was always this problem solver, loved budgeting, operations, finances, everything that could get my hands onto building processes and making stuff happen. And so in 2015, I had this life-changing decision of coming to the U.S. to study, uh, get a job, and potentially stay here, and that's exactly what happened. So in uh, 2017, I was already, I had saved some of my money, and I sold all my assets in Brazil, came to Berkeley, studied for a year, uh, business management and marketing, took a job offer in San Francisco, and eventually, that's where I met my wife, Kelsey, who founded uh, Dope. And so after we got married, we just realized we had super um, completing skills, right? She's great in business management and marketing. And like I said, operations and finance is my wheelhouse. So we just decided to join forces in 2019. And luckily, we had this conversation and this beautiful moment of clarity and we decided to focus on e-commerce in November of 2019. Awesome. Do you think that your brain works differently than, than, than other people's? Do you think about that kind of a thing with your background? It's fascinating to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I have this intense curiosity. Like sometimes my wife will judge me because I'm literally thinking, okay, we're all little human beings on a rock spinning around another rock, which is not a rock. It's just gas on fire. And we're all going through space. Like it's, yeah, my head is just a little different. Uh, but on the professional side, for sure, because I'm always thinking of um, processes, right? So I'm thinking inputs, the process and the outputs, and I'm always trying to optimize everything we do. Uh, so a good example of that is uh, whenever I joined Dope, uh, she had this recipe that she had been working on for years, right? And, and it was always the same recipe, and it was delicious pro 
product. But my first um, reaction to the recipe was like, I think we should try to get this ingredient a little later in the process. So we're going to save about three minutes every batch. Is it possible? And she's like, well, I never tried it. So <laughs> we tried it and it was possible. So we saved two, three minutes every batch, which obviously compounds into hours and hours of production time. So for sure, my brain works in processes and optimization. So when 2020 happened, does does it just continue to optimize or 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 <laughs> or did you feel like, oh my gosh, I, I guess the question is, was there ever a time where you got really frustrated and 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 I, I sidetracked? That's a great question. I think from time to time we all get sidetracked, right? It's hard to keep our brains focused on the end result all the time. And although I think my brain is a little more focused, I do to get sidetracked. So last year, when we were going into e-commerce, I did get frustrated, but for a good reason. We were growing faster than my ability to learn everything I was learning. Because as I said, my background is in civil engineering. So going into the food industry in the United States, which is a different industry in a different country from where I'm from, uh, was a big learning curve for me. So growing 100x in three months, which is what we did from December through March of 2020, was really great in revenue, but it was really hard on the learning curve. So I did get frustrated because obviously there were lots of mistakes that we made along the way, but it's part of the process. Yeah, fascinating, right? Just part, just part of the process, and that's just. Yeah. I, I mean, you've you've uh, fa- fascinating growing up in in um, in Brazil, having the experience you had there, going to work at a company like Deloitte, and then building a massive, building the Four Seasons. I mean, there's a whole podcast, probably hours worth of conversations just <laughs> just there, and then all of a sudden, oh, I know, let's start a food business in the United States. Oh, and then let's pivot to e-commerce. Um, so that's, that's just a lot. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And I have to give credit to my parents because I was born and raised in, I wasn't in a very wealthy family. My parents weren't very wealthy, but they were super focused in education and they always tried to drive the point home that I could do whatever I wanted. Like if I wanted to become an astronaut, you're going to be able to do that, son. So I always had this mentality of like, whatever I put my mind into, I will be able to accomplish Um, and throughout my life, every time I put all my effort and all my heart into something, I was able to accomplish that. So I do have some examples of stuff that I kind of half-assed and I didn't accomplish, but looking in hindsight, I was able to see, Hey, I didn't put everything I could here. So I wasn't able to get it. But I think that explains a lot in my career that to me, everything is possible. I just have to put the time and the effort into it. So uh, when I decided to come to the United States, I had to study a lot of um, which universities to come into, how to get um, the possibility of working here because it's not that easy even after you study here. And everything that most people would just hire an immigration attorney or hire an agency, I was like, I'm digging down into the USCIS website to understand like what are the laws around immigration and whatnot. Just because I have that mentality of like I can do whatever I want, so I just did. Yeah, and what a I've been thinking a lot about um, core beliefs like that as of late, and 
I mean, what a blessing that your parents gave you, right? Or, or, or a gift or a skill. I don't know, maybe the best way, but just they instilled you with those core beliefs that have obviously served you through life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of experiences also shape who we become. And so, for example, when I was in middle school and high school, I was a victim of bullying. And instead of just talking about it as a victim and saying like, oh, bullying is terrible. Yes, it is terrible. I agree. But I was able to use that to thicken my skin. So now I have this mentality of like, I will do whatever I want because this is what one of my core beliefs is. And I don't depend on anyone to do that, which some people, I would say most of the people I know depend on people, depend on external validation and whatnot. And to me is like, I don't care. People are uh, probably going to uh, potentially betray me or not. I I don't know. We are all um, responsible for our own behaviors, and I'm not responsible for anybody else's behavior. So I can't just bet that everybody that I'm thinking I can rely on is reliable. So in that sense, it's just like I can do whatever I want, and I will do it regardless of anybody else. I think there's a caveat to that because – Obviously, if you have people who you can rely on and if you have an inner circle as a support system, that actually helps a lot. And I do have a core group of people that I super trust. Um, But I think it's uh, the point I'm trying to drive here is you have to have internal validation way more than external validation. It's way more important. You have to know where you're going and what are the KPIs or metrics for your success how you're gonna be able to say, hey, I had a successful life. I was able to accomplish what I wanted and not depend on other people to tell you how to do that. Yeah, I think that's really well really well said right there. How do you set your KPIs? I mean, it, you talk about 100%, 200%, 300% growth. And so, you know, and you, 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 you pivot into e-commerce and we talk, you're talking about doing stuff that you're not necessarily familiar with, but learning on it. So how do you think about then setting those KPIs? Well, <laughs> in the beginning, it was a lot of guesswork. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that happens with many new companies or new industries or even new products within big companies. Um, it's hard for you to do the guesswork if you don't have benchmarks to to rely on and so as we're doing direct to consumer cookie dough obviously there are proxies that we could use for example the ice cream industry and other desserts that are similar although not the same and so understanding total available market for example and then estimating the assumptions of okay we're going to achieve x percent of the total available market by one year by two years by five years this is how we kind of do it in the beginning But then as you grow and you have a a track record, you can start looking behind and say, okay, we were able to accomplish this using um, this amount of advertising and marketing and this amount of operating expenses or as a proxy, how many people in your team you use to accomplish that. So we just build upon the benchmark that we are uh, already providing like historicals and stuff. So I guess it changes. Like if we start a new product line we're going to have to start all the guesswork again estimate the available market and start with the assumptions all the way um but with with what we have now we have quarterly meetings that we set revenue growth numbers uh and obviously the the metrics that follow that right so um 
in the marketing side, we have cost of acquisition um, and and cost CTM and CPC and whatnot. So um, there's a lot of KPIs that encompasses that, but obviously revenue is our biggest one. Yeah, appreciate that. What part of your day or part of your work do you get most excited about? Oh, the morning, for sure. Morning is my best time of the day. Um, I do have a, a morning routine. I'd love to walk you through that if you want to hear for it. Sure. But, okay, so my morning routine, I wake up every day at 4.45 a.m., then I take about 15 minutes to get ready and have my pre-workout, protein shake, and go to the gym. I get to the gym at like 5.05, 5.10, and I work out until 6, 6 a.m., come back home, have breakfast, shower, and I'm ready for work around 6.40, 6.45, and then I meditate. So from 6.45 to 7 a.m., I'm just thinking of what my day ahead looks like and what are the big accomplishments that I'm trying to get. Um, from 7 a.m. to 12 a.m., uh, 12 p.m., sorry, I'm always trying to not have meetings. So that's my work time. I try to clear my schedule, not have any meetings, think about the big accomplishments that I meditated over before, and I try to do them first thing in the morning. So 7 a.m., I, I start with my biggest task of the day because everything else should be easier throughout the day. And then in the afternoon, I have all my meetings. So I talk to people. The afternoon is usually a slower period for my brain activity, I would say. Uh, so I try to talk to people and understand what's going on in each front. Um, both Kelsey and I handle a lot of moving parts. But my side is we have the fulfillment side, the manufacturing, uh, financial, legal, HR, insurance. So everything that operations encompasses is with me. So I have a lot of meetings with them. Um, and the last thing I do in my day is to think about the day after. So the following morning, which are the three big accomplishments that I'm going to do? So I plan tomorrow today. Nice. How did you... Uh... And, and, and you feel like this is kind of a perfect day for you? Absolutely, yeah. If I don't have a meeting in the morning, that's a perfect day because then <laughs> I can focus on work. <laughs> yeah, just to be able to focus on that, and I appreciate that very much. Nice. How long did it take you to sort of establish that, or how long have you been doing that? Um, well, I found this refined approach, I would say, six months ago because that's when our brick and mortar operations really terminated. And so when we had the brick and mortar, I had to go to the store mm. um, at some point in the day. So I couldn't really have this strict routine. It was harder for me. But now that our operations are fully uh, automated and online and um, via Zoom and phone calls and whatnot, it becomes easier. Um, but Obviously, when I was working in construction, it was even harder to not not to get that uh, started. But it was really harder. Um, I would say it's been six months that it's been like this cadence, and it's been the best of my life. I haven't been so productive ever. It's pretty extraordinary, right? When 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 you're able to cut out travel time or the time right after meetings, when you're maybe sort of uh, just visiting with people. So, I mean, for somebody who likes to optimize, this is like bliss. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think this connects very well to your first question. Like, is your, does your brain work like that? And yes, it works like that with meetings and my day as well, as you can see. Um, the 
most amount of time that I can cut the best so I can work on stuff that really moves the needle. You know, um, I think one of the big mistakes of entrepreneurship life is entrepreneurs usually don't have a clear way to define how to work on the business versus work in the business. Right. And by that, I mean, if you're working in the business, then you're working to serve your clients and really like fulfill whatever you're selling as opposed to working on the business, which is all the systems that you have in place to sell, to fulfill, and to give support to the customers. Um, so I think when you have that optimization brain, it's natural for me to go into working on the business mode, as opposed to a lot of um, entrepreneurs that just fall into the, the black hole of working in the business. If you're always working in the business, when are you optimizing? When are you thinking about your competition or your product? You're not. And so that just um, generates some competitive disadvantages to these entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. How often or how much do you think about boundaries and telling people no? Pretty often, pretty often. And I think early on in my career, I had a really hard time telling people no. And as I progressed, it became clear that it was absolutely necessary. And I think it was, it's maybe a, a cultural thing for Brazilian people to really focus on their relationship and kind of save face. Um, but especially now being a full on entrepreneur, co-CEO, the company handling all that I'm handling, I just can't afford to give time to stuff that is not relevant for the business right now. So I have to say no a lot of times. And um, one of the things that I try to follow is Radical Candor, one of the books that I read before, and I, I find that book incredible for entrepreneurs. And it's really important to keep the relationship going, but at the same time, respecting your time. Because nobody else is going to respect your time. If anybody else needs your time, they're going to ask for it. And if you don't say no, you will be out of time for the stuff that really matters. So what I try to practice in my day-to-day -day life is – Whenever somebody uh, has a request for me or asks for time for a meeting or whatever, um, and if I can't make the time for it or if I think it's not relevant for my business objectives at the moment, I will say, well, you know, it's really important for us to have this conversation and I appreciate you reaching out. I can't do this right now. Let's schedule this for a month from now. It's not the time for it. And be super candid about how important the relationship is, but also my time is super important as well. So you kind of keep that same level for both and i find it super successful in keeping the relationship but also respecting my time love it well is that was a good one but the people are ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them <laughs> that's awesome yeah um well i think the most important one is one that i read on extreme ownership by joko willis uh, he's an ex-navy seal and I found that book extremely helpful for anyone that's going into the entrepreneurship life. Um, but the tip is relax, look around, make a call. And it's super impactful for me because I really resonate with the order in which things are laid out. So the first one, relax, take your emotions out of the way, stop, breathe in, think for a second, just stop. Look around, take a look at all the information that's available after you took your emotions out of the way so you can actually see all the information that's available 
and then make a call. So I feel like some entrepreneurs that I know get a little, hmm, I would say confused and frustrated with so much that happens at once. And then they have a hard time letting go of their emotions to be able to look at all the information that's available and make an effective call for the business. So I think that's the difference making tip for me today. <laughs> well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. I'm a huge fan of Jocko, so I appreciate that very much, man. Well, is we didn't really talk about cookie dough, so let us tell us where people can uh, can can learn more about you and Dope, and where where they can actually buy buy the cookie dough. Yeah, for sure. We ship nationwide to all 50 states. You can find us at www.doughp.com. So it's dope.com. Um, we have at Dope on Instagram, TikTok. And we have at Eat Dope on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me, uh, send me an email, is at dope.com. I'd be happy to respond to whoever I can. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show is your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to dope.com. That's D-O-U-G-H-P.com. Find them at... Uh, at dope and then eat dope on social media. I'll list all those in the notes of the show and shoot in as an email as well. Thanks again, Iz. Thank you so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>